0: This is Boom Goddess Radio, igniting inspiration in primetime women. We are Jennifer Davis-Page. BB
1: Peters.
0: And Dr. Andrea Gould.
1: Well, what a treat it is to be here again in this cozy, darling, comfortable, private little recording studio with our guest, Tim Darmetko of Chi Massage, and Dr. Andrea Gould. Welcome, everyone.
0: Good morning, BB. You know, often when we talk about creativity, the first thing we think about is art, visual art, or musical art. Today we're going to talk to Tim Dormetko and the path of a creative healer working with the tools designed to optimize health and well-being. Welcome, Tim. We're really excited to hear.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Can you fly us over the territory of how your path unfolded to become the healer that you are today. What were your first inklings about healing? How did they come to you?
2: Well, it's a very long story, so I'll try to shorten it. Uh, originally, uh, I was going into a shop in Boston and met a uh, Wiccan witch, who I, I knew nothing about that, and she Ended up teaching me about meditation and herbal medicines and stuff like that, which was my first um, beginning interest in getting involved with that kind of thing. And also uh, picked up a book kind of randomly about Chinese medicine, which really piqued my interest.
0: It's always interesting to hear what the origins are. Like, how did we get captured? So thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. And I've been. In the- Going to Tim for oh a couple of years now, and I have given him the honorary title of being called the extreme health guru. Well, and uh, many reasons for that. Number one is that he really cured some pains that I had in parts of my body that we'll talk about later. But also he is a he has a very holistic approach to health. Uh, he is very fam- very familiar with healthy eating, he has uh, learned and experienced over 22 different um, modalities in his practice. And so let's talk a little bit about that, uh, Tim. How did you happen to gain that experience and what are some of the modalities that you do practice?
2: Well, um, after the meeting the witch that helped me out a little bit, I then met my Korean teacher and my main teacher, Master myung Chil Kim, who's an oriental medicine doctor who was in Boston now. He's in uh, Oklahoma City. Um, So I went to him um, the first time for any type of therapy or anything like that because I was experiencing pains in my chest and it was running down my left arm. And I went to the hospital and they did all their tests and checked me out and couldn't find anything wrong but I mean the pain was severe it would wake me up in the middle of the night so I went to Myung Chil Kim and for $50 and an hour later my pain went away and my arm felt better so I decided I wanted to check that out (laughs) you know see, see what was the big difference there and how putting a few needles into me and some taking a few herbs would you know, change things so quickly.
0: Pain is such a motivator.
2: Oh, yes. Isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh,
0: can you share with us the kinds of um, reasons that people do come to see you? Maybe you can, you know, kind of list the variety that that motivate people to come to see you.
2: Sure. Um, we get I get people all the way from, um, you know, babies all the way to geriatrics, um through the different modalities I do, craniosacral therapy, Korean massage, visceral manipulation, and so on. Um, you know, I work from anyone from dancers to weightlifters, professional athletes, Olympians. Um, the I've really tried to make it that I work on all humans. So, yes, the reasons are pretty um uh, extensive from headaches to backaches, um, just general pains in the body, um, brain damage, um, work from babies all the way up to geriatrics, um, all levels of, of life. So, you know, people that play sports to people that don't get out and exercise at all, I find they all need the work. So the amounts of Um, treatments it's really changes daily dependent on who I'm seeing you know whether it's a elderly or a very like I even work on newborns so it gets interesting for sure
0: (laughs) so you have a very extensive toolkit after all these years these modalities um, probably become second nature to you and you just intuitively know what to begin with and what works and what to combine with what. Can you talk about how you combine these myriad modalities?
2: Yes. um, Usually it takes, um, you know, as soon as someone walks in the door, I start kind of assessing where their issues are. And then I once I see how they stand and move and everything, then I talk to them about what they feel. And um, then once I start working with them and actually touching them, that's when I really kind of decide what what's more uh, for them, which can be one treatment or a mixture of many treatments. Um, and sometimes while you're working on a, a client, they're their needs will change right in the middle of therapy where I might be doing some sort of a massage and then I notice that they're becoming emotional or something and then we slip into like craniosacral therapy or something softer.
1: What was amazing to me when I went to see you, Tim, is that you really looked at my whole body. So not only did I... Um, get rid of the pain that I had uh, coming across my leg and my shoulder but then you helped me with my posture as well so we did some things um, against the wall and you uh, assigned me a couple of things to do at home um, I feel very taken care of and I feel as though you listen but more than that you sort of put your hands your, your guiding hands your helping hands underneath my neck shoulders, my legs and then somehow miraculously you discover an area of discomfort or pain in my body that I didn't know I had pain in and that actually ultimately gets rid of that other pain. What is that about?
2: Well, we're all connected so it's just like that old um, song we learned in grade school, the foot bones connected to the ankle bone. Can
0: you sing it for us?
2: Yeah, maybe (laughs) next time. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the things that always keeps me interested in my work is that everyone is so different. So, you know, with the 23 years experience that I have, it becomes, like you said, kind of second nature. It's like, oh, here's the issue right here. You know, and if I find if you have a problem with one area of your body, more than likely it reflects to another area too, whether you're aware of it or not, which usually comes down to our is that area numb or not? You know, so a lot of people, you know, we're strong, so we adapt well, and that can be our best friend in the moment, but also in in the future, it can hurt us because we adapted to an issue. So um, that's why sometimes you're not aware of it when I point it out because you've adapted to it and your body kind of numbed it out, just so you could survive. You know, move on.
0: We are so interested in the creativity of the healer and what makes a healer creative or what contributes to being an artist and a healer. And it sounds as though your ability to receive is, and your intuition, which is connected, is huge. And to be able to receive the body that's on the table in so many ways is such an art. Might you be able to speak to that a little bit?
2: yeah um it's it's a definite art because you know one person will need a lot more pressure than another person, so you have to learn to read um, body signs you know you see feel people tensing up or letting go the complete opposite so you 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 know we learn signs like rapid eye movement and um, different. Um, things to know that the person's getting what they need or not and then dialoguing is huge too so that you know you can make sure the client's comfortable and getting what they need Um, it's amazing how much people sometimes won't express their needs so I find that it's important to stimulate that conversation to get to find out what they're really there for you know because some people just want to um, little stress relief and some people like yourself, Barbara, want, you know, help with specific issues. So it's good to know what that, you know, what ex- specifically people are there for.
0: Do you see your art as a teachable skill?
2: Yes. Yeah. So I worked for the um, Pro- Providence Institute, which is a post-secondary school for about 10 years. So I was part of that program and I would impart a lot of my teachings to the students here in Tucson for years. And I still teach for the Upledger Institute, which is an international um, post-secondary school for craniosacral therapy. So it's very teachable and even certifiable. Um, But there is the thing of okay what part do you want to learn and like you can integrate many different modalities so some people want to come and just learn you know one specific thing or they want to kind of learn what I do where they integrate um, different modalities which that takes quite some time.
0: So if we can teach healers how to heal can we teach people how to Tune into themselves so that they can communicate more readily with you about what's going on in their bodies?
2: Absolutely. I find meditation was a big key for me for that, even just something as simple as um, counting and breathing. So, one thing I teach my students and clients is to inhale for a number, say three, rest for a second, exhale for a count of six rest for a second. This way you're not thinking about, you know, your problems of the day and uh, letting the monkey mind run. So by counting and breathing, you're basically accessing your um, your intuition, your, your your deeper minds instead of just the thing that's on your mind, kind of like a computer. You can only see one page on the computer at a time, but there's limitless amounts of information there. That's just like our brains. We always tend to keep one thing or one fear on our minds, and then all the other wonderful things in our brain don't get to come out because we don't
0: access it. So you're helping your client to access their own bodily wisdom.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And intuition.
0: What a gift that is, right? So um, other than
1: my personal success, uh, what would you say, what two or three or one or two stories come to mind about the pure successes that you've had with healing people? What aha times did occur to you where you said, wow, this is great. This is what I meant to uh, accomplish, to do.
2: Well, one thing I'd like to stress is that um, the thing I uh, like to express that I do is I help you to access your own healing ability. I don't take the credit for healing. I give your body the credit for May healing. May I just it's, give uh,
1: you credit right now for healing me? Can I just do that, please? <laughs> <laughs> you Got very
2: smart
0: about your
2: body. Yes, you experience with him. Yes. <laughs> well, I was happy to help. That's for sure. But um, I, I'm sorry. the could you remind me of the question yeah, yeah.
1: so who ha, whom have you seen that has had a turn around almost a miraculous if you would turn around in their health because of what you've done
2: Recently one of my uh, friends and students her child um, was having an episode where you know he's a two year old and he was just starting to walk and everything and all of a sudden his legs wouldn't work his eyes started going cross-eyed they were I mean as you can imagine extremely worried and when she brought him to me you know I, I of course told him to go seek medical help first and they were very confused about the situation as well and we did a craniosacral therapy treatment on the baby and it was almost right afterwards, the baby was walking again. The eyes weren't quite as crossed, um, you know, and then the mother called me the, the next day and said the baby's doing just fine. So that was one of those ones where I didn't know what was going to happen, and thankfully, my training helped me out in that situation because we didn't, I, I didn't even know what I was treating at that point in time, but I was happy that was, I was able to help.
0: Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Many of our listeners are over 50, mm-hmm. and many of them are over 70. What kinds of um, issues come to you in terms of the later stages of life, and what kind of results do you get?
2: Um, a lot of people tend to come to me also. I'm a podorthist as well, so I get a lot of foot and gait issues, um, especially with the elderly. So, um Sometimes I have to reteach some of my clients how to even stand properly. Like you were mentioning, Barbara, against the wall, that technique to help align the body. Um, but also how to, like, how to f- adjust their gait, um, stretches and exercises that can help with that. One of the main things I see is stiffness in general you know, the old saying, move it or lose it. I like to stress that that doesn't mean you have to go running 10 miles or lifting heavy weights. It's simply doing movements like dancing and walking, hiking, stuff like that, swimming. It doesn't have to be intense either, but it usually takes about six to eight days for your muscles to start atrophying. So I'm definitely a big promoter of At least light exercises like qigong and yoga and stuff like that.
0: A lot of people feel, let's say they've had a hip replacement or they've had a knee replacement or something has happened, they've had an illness and they're unable to move in the way that they would like to. I often talk about beginning again and how important it is to let go of, I used to run three miles a day or I used to swim five laps at a time and for an hour. I think psychologically, of course, I'd come at it from that angle. But could you talk a little bit about beginning again after setback?
2: Sure. Yeah, I, I actually went through a big one myself. So I learned all this great stuff from my teacher and then had a severe um, back injury from a four-wheel drive um, accident, and I had to start all over again. So I got to see how it helped people, and then I got to see how it helped myself too. So a lot of the things that I was able to do prior to my accident was, it seemed like I might never be able to do. You know, The doctors told me I couldn't do kung fu or yoga, run anymore after that accident, and thankfully they were wrong yeah so. we
0: find discouragement is something that we really need to work through with our clients
1: and what do you do yourself now then, uh, particularly you know given the severe back accident that you had? What is your physical plan for yourself?
2: Well, thankfully, my teacher taught me full body recovery techniques because I used those and was able to get back to everything like I now do everything I was able to before the accident um, after a lot of hard work but the things that led me up to that was some exercises that I teach as well called the five Tibetans or the five Tibetan rites. um, Yoga, very specific yoga. Um, When you've had a hip injury or surgery or these types of things. I don't really recommend going to a, necessarily a class unless it's designed for people like that. Yoga was originally taught to one and maybe up to three students at a time. So the idea that somebody who has a lot of issues to go to a public class, they're not going to be able to address the things you need specifically. So even though we don't prescribe in any way. We try to come up with some exercises that are best for you. And, um, you know, the, the main thing is to be here now where you're at and recognizes your strengths and limitations and moving from there.
0: This would be a wonderful time for us to take a little break. And when we get back to talk about some of the dietary recommendations that you find yourself making most often.
1: I can't well, wait to do that. I can't <laughs> wait to do that and get in deep with all our questions and comments. You
0: bet. Okay, let's let's come right back after a break.
1: Well, we're back with the amazing Tim Darmetko of Chi Massage Tucson, and we were just talking to him about Uh, getting rid of pain and feeling better, being in the present, and all those great things. But now in the second half of our conversation, we're going to go deeper into the healthy eating aspect of it. And over the years, of course, we all have attempted to get healthier and more fit. And uh, often we move from um, not eating meat to vegetarian to vegan and trying different things. But there is a reason why I call Tim Darmetko the extreme health guru. And here's just a couple of them. According to Tim, and I'm so glad he's at, he's here to verify this, we should not be having lemons or coffee or chocolate or eggs or any kind of dairy or garlic or onion. Okay, the list just beginning. Okay, Mr. Tim oh thank you thank you thank you okay so please please give us a whole sort of perspective on what is your dietary philosophy what is it based on and what is it that we should be eating now and i can ask you these questions one at a time
2: sure so my diet has changed radically from the way i grew up and has continued to change over the years Um, i grew up eating fast food and canned food and you know, by the time I was 19, like I said, I was having chest pains and from living a pretty bad uh, life style. So um, I started off with my, my first change ever was just simply changing regular salt to sea salt and regular table sugar to uh, real cane sugar, which I found out, you know, the the... The ones on the table didn't have minerals, and the ones that I, the new ones, actually had minerals. So after a couple of months of that small change, I actually felt the difference. And from there, I changed the water. So I went from tap water to um, the best spring water sources I could find. And again, after a period of time, that made a huge difference. So then I learned about vegetarian foods and vegan foods and stuff like that. So I, I gave that a whirl. And at first, it made me really healthy. But then over time, I started what I call getting that unhealthy, pale, vegan look that I see all too often. And the reason I believe I was getting that and becoming unhealthy in that lifestyle is because I wasn't educated enough to know how to, you know, feed myself with nutrition enough. So I found out things like tofu. It's not a great source of, of minerals. In fact, to process it in your body, your, your body has to use minerals and enzymes to uh, from your body to process it. So I don't recommend eating tofu as a vegan source. I would much rather you get it from actual vegetables and fruits and, and proper grains. Um, so now I eat a diet. It's called the... Vegan alkaline electric diet. So it's very different than a vegan diet in the sense that we really try to focus on foods that are less hybridized, less man-made and very nutrient dense and um, also alkaline. And we really try to stay away from seedless Things like seedless melons and seedless grapes, stuff like that. So we try to look at foods, an example of something that a lot of people will assume is healthy like I did for years is carrots. Carrots, um, yes, they do have beta carotene and other things in it, but it's a man-made vegetable carrot
1: is man-made yes oh my gosh
2: (laughs) queen anne's lace root mixed with mountain yam it was actually a a science project that someone created you know rail roots have rootlets we've made carrots so there's no more rootlets so i would much rather someone eat a cucumber or an avocado which is way less hybridized and more nutritious than say a carrot so if you were
0: going to give again. If you were going to give us a list of five nutrient-dense foods that you highly recommend, let's say, besides our cucumbers and our avocados, which I'm glad to say, I'm really happy are to on say the list. They're, they're on my they're <laughs> daily list, um, what else do you have to offer us on our plate?
2: Okay, so I'll name the ones that People will know more instead of getting into the rarer foods and stuff that I eat. Um, All all berries are great for you except for cranberry, which is another one that's recommended often to people for various conditions like um, bladder infections and kidney problems and stuff. Um, it does, a lot of these things I don't recommend do have short-term benefits, but your body pays a price long-term because of the acidity in it. So, um, you know, w- one of the things I eat a lot of is berries in general, especially like blackberries is one of my favorites. And then all lettuces are approved except for iceberg
0: lettuce. So I find it has that.
1: always been a taboo ever since the 1950s right mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yep, maybe was, not as far back as that, but <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that was that was off the list pretty early yes, yes.
2: and um, in Chinese medicine, we're coming into spring, which is the season for the liver and gallbladder, and it's recommended you eat more green things that are of um, value, so the lettuces are a big one
0: and what uh, about beets? You often hear about the relationship between beets and liver.
2: Yeah, I was told beets are like a blood transfusion, and it helps your body so much. But, again, man-made by hybridization and um, acidic. So it does have short-term benefits, but long-term, it's not as good. Now, of course, a beet's better than going to McDonald's or something, but when you're really trying to heal... um, I always tell my clients and friends and families, why not buy something that has no long-term harm.
0: Okay, let's continue the healing list of foods.
2: So I'll just, I'll go down a little list right here, just so you get a few vegetables, a few fruits, oils, grains, etc., Great. So for vegetables, um, avocados, bell peppers, chayote, which is a Mexican squash we get here in Tucson a lot, cucumbers, dandelion greens, garbanzo beans, kale, even though kale is a man made product uh, by hybridization and crossbreeding, it's one of the few from that plant group that still contains the right um alkalization and mineralization for our body so that was approved whereas it's um cousins from the same plant so the same plant produced broccoli cauliflower kohlrabi kale brussels sprouts out of all those vegetables that i was taught was extremely healthy for you the only one i'll eat currently is kale
0: Hmm. And we don't want to even ask about kale in the bags at the supermarket versus kale dug up from the ground.
2: Yeah, and the ones in the bags, there's been a lot more um, occurrences of bacteria infections and stuff like that. I, I prefer my produce to not be bagged and processed. Yeah, I, I really like to support the farmers markets locally and, and to also grow my own.
1: Okay, moving on down the list.
2: So for some fruits, again, the list is bigger than what I'm saying. I'm just giving you some examples. Apples, but I will give a little warning about apples. Now they're starting to really mess with apples, like the... Honeycrisp apple is a that we
1: favorite love, that we love so much.
2: Well, it's one of the most messed with apples oh there my is. God. So I've been trying to find and luckily in Tucson we are able to get sometimes is the heirloom apples like the Arkansas black and apples like that which are way more nutrient dense and where I believe they used to keep that saying go and an apple a day keeps the doctor away. I don't believe with some of today's apples that is true anymore.
1: (laughs) They will call the doctor towards you, they won't push them away. They're
2: putting waxes on them now and pesticides and then they're hybridizing them past the point of what i call being natural anymore just like i was saying earlier about the you know all melons are good except for the seedless ones that what are they doing to make a fruit seedless a fruit by definition has seeds so when they take out the seeds to me they're taking out the life force or the chi or prana from the fruit so we're no longer getting the benefits of that so I highly recommend staying away from seedless grapes and melons and going for the seed, seeded ones, which are much harder to find. So um, bananas, but only burro and baby bananas. They will literally say those words on them, borrow or baby bananas, which I find at the Mexican and Latin supermarkets and even Whole Foods is known to have the baby bananas on occasions as well the kind of bananas we grew up on are a hybrid and they have way less minerals and alkalization
1: what i love this idea because a banana has quite a bit of calories right so if you get the mini one it's going to have more minerals and less calories Mm -hmm. so a win-win
2: what was that last part?
1: A win-win.
2: Oh, win-win, yes, yes. And the bananas actually have seeds, so they're they're very small. They're, you don't taste them when you eat them, but they have been bred out in the ones that we now currently eat. So, again, I don't believe you're getting as much life when you're eating it. So, to me, that's even more important than the calories and stuff. It's like, this is what's going to give me energy or not. This yeah, is what's going to make me feel happy or
0: not. I think that that's a common... Um, Error that a lot of people focus on is the calories rather than the nutrition. And it sounds like we're after alkanization above all else. So you mentioned there are certain oils that are good for us and obviously other oils that are terrible for us
2: yes so to eat raw olive oil and coconut oil are my favorites but they should not be heated a lot of people are heating them and they become carcinogenic when you do so they're the type of oils you want to use for salad dressings or whatever and eat raw only and then if you want to cook Um, because a lot of people are afraid of fried foods the main reason for that is of course they're using horrible oils that a lot of times have been processed for you know hours or days or weeks and uh, no longer good or never were good to begin with so I have found that if you use um, sesame oil hemp oil Avocado oil, or the one I use the most, is grapeseed oil. That the problems are reduced big time. They can actually handle the temperatures. So
0: I had recently heard a um, a podcast about the danger of coconut oil. That it used to be that coconut oil was considered. I mean, a couple of years ago, it, it rose in popularity as a good cooking oil with a high flash point, and now. Good coconuts, real coconuts are fine, but in this particular um, podcast, they were saying that coconut oil is as saturated and not good for the arteries.
2: So what I found with that one is, is that, especially when they have refined coconut oil, that's the one you want to stay away from. You want unrefined coconut oil. Once it's been refined, the body has a hard time processing it, so it is no longer a good substance. And the, the articles I've read about coconut oil being bad for you all stem from um, companies that have money invested in other th- oils and you know, like canola oil and stuff like that. So if the coconut oil is organic, raw, unrefined, I see no problems with it as long as it n- hasn't been cooked. I mean, within reason, you don't want to eat cups full a day or anything like that but within reason I find it to be not only not bad for you but actually very healthy for you as well
1: well I have a million questions uh, and we all do but no discussion will be complete without talking about two items let's get into coffee and alcohol Okay. And what about eggs? Oh, eggs. Okay, let's, let's do eggs too. Okay. okay, coffee, alcohol, and eggs. Right. Okay, what's the deal, Tim?
2: So these are all things I grew up on and ate myself for many, many, many years. <laughs> so it was just as much of a shock to me as it will be to you uh, when you find out some of these things. <laughs> so um, a, a documentary I highly suggest to everyone to watch um, is What the Health And um, it's one of the very few documentaries that I've recommended over the years, along with Super Size Me and other ones, that has actually changed some people's point of views and actually gotten people to change their diet. And even some people that I have nothing to do with except for recommending they watch that movie have increased their health just from making some dietary changes that they found to be good for them after watching it. Um, eggs being one big part of that. You know, eggs contain a whole bunch of hormones in them. It's, it's enough cholesterol and hormones to create life for a, a full chicken's life. And what I've noticed with people, like if you have high cholesterol and, and a bad heart, Um, I've almost always seen within a month or two when people take out the eggs and take out the too much meats and dairies, it almost always goes down. So whether I'm helping them or not, this is something people are doing regardless and, and becoming very successful with the results too. Whereas I was told it's great for vitamin E and protein and energy and you can eat raw ones when I was in wrestling and w- lifting weights yeah i
1: did we uh did this little thing called gogel mogel which is taking an egg and uh sugar and just beating it up until it foams up really not nicely and then just having that it was like a treat <laughs> so you know <laughs> perfect two two worst things for you
2: yeah and sugar being like yes. a three on the acidic scale you yeah. know so it's like you, you, I didn't realize how bad some of this stuff was until I really started looking at it from a scientifical point of view. It's like, we're supposed to be just over seven, you know, on that scale. And a three, that's... If we were a three in our body, we'd be dead. So it's like, we shouldn't be eating things that are a three either. And then Barbara's favorite conversation, which is the coffee. So, you know, I... Would have told you probably a few years ago that, yeah, coffee has some benefits and, you know, theoretically it does. It has some minerals and vitamins or whatever in it. Um, But all the testing that's been done on coffee has been done by people who are invested in coffee, the lobbyists and the coffee companies. So the first time that anyone's ever really done a big testing on it that isn't being paid by the coffee industry this one guy came up with 13 uh, different points. I'm going to read one of them to you oh, just thank you. <laughs> to give you an idea of what's going on with coffee. So this is point number two. MRI images taken before and after one cup of coffee showed a decrease in blood flow to the brain by 45%. When the blood flow, re- when the blood flow reduction was measured exactly, it was actually 52% less blood flow to the brain after just one cup of coffee
0: I'd like to hear another point <laughs> <laughs> okay fine one more point one against more
2: coffee point. 52% of your blood leaves the brain after 8 ounces of coffee to and me where does that it go? is radical they didn't they don't talk about that my guess is somewhere else in the body but we need the that in our in our heads and we got doctors and lawyers and students drinking coffee thinking it's going to help them with testing and performance really
0: doesn't. So... Another point on coffee before we let you go. On coffee. Sure. Let me find... The worst possible point, perhaps.
2: (laughs) They're all really bad, so I'm just scanning through them real quickly here. Oh, here's one relating to women that I find to be very important. The birth control pill inhibits clearing of ingested caffeine... The effect is increased dramatically by alcohol or painkiller use, therefore causing many causes of caffeine poisoning, which gets treated as other things once the person reaches the hospital.
1: Like serious mm-hmm. stuff, serious stuff. Okay, so that's coffee, and we'll share information where people can find the other 13. Actually, this number notes.
2: 11, Barbara, if you oh, want to quickly,
1: oh,
0: gosh, quickly look at this one, we'll do
2: one last one because okay, okay, I find a lot great. of people find this one important, okay. even though I find the health One's more important. This one has to do with how we look and stuff.
1: And we never even got to talk about diet for losing weight, which is another whole thing. So you're just coming back (laughs) for us to talk to every couple of months. (laughs) Okay, this is the third reason not to have coffee coffee causes fat gain and cellulite because by triggering the body's flight or fight system which any poison or threat does this eventually changes the body's primary fuel source requirement to one of fat
0: yikes is that through cortisol activation i believe so Mm yikes Hmm.
1: okay well we'll be moving on from coffee to the last item which is alcohol i uh just a glass of wine or two right um a day is like healthy and wonderful red wine that's what we're hearing now in the last couple of days right although that changes all the time i
0: think i think it's changed i think think that's changed about a couple of years ago but let's hear
1: let's hear it too
2: So one of my real close friends and students, Bill, is now a wine chemist in California in wine country, and he also makes wines in Australia, where they have no regulations whatsoever. And doesn't matter if it's in the U.S. or Australia, they use lots and lots of poisons and chemicals in the making of wine. So much now that they have to wear hazmat suits to make the wine. So. The red wine made from grapes that are organic without pesticides and everything, I still see there's benefit to it, although the alcohol in it isn't of benefit. The, that is uh, bad for our pH as well, but I personally indulge in uh, organic red wine on occasion and for actual um, alcohols, it would be an agave-based one like Bacanero or tequila or something. But again, I don't promote alcohol drinking, but if you're going to drink it, I found that, you know, organic wine is one of the best. Like when they when they say red wine is good for you, they were talking about grapes, not the chemicals that they're putting in. And they don't have to list it on the bottle either. So they put sulfites, but that's one of the... Least of the problems today that they're putting into your wine. So I tell people be really careful out there. They have them at all the stores around here, you know, Sprouts and Whole Foods and even Trader Joe's, I think, has a couple of organic bottles. Even some of the chateaus in France are now doing it the new way, which includes chemicals. So they don't have to worry about the year of the grapes anymore because they're using flavor packets and chemicals to make it homogenized. So every year, it doesn't matter the vintage anymore. Like we, we used to hear about vintage a lot more 10, 20 years ago, That's and now true. it's just wine.
0: That's true. I'm kind of feeling the need to have sort of like a speed, um, like speed dating with various things. Like, I want to know about cherries. I want to know about <laughs> olives. I want to know about white wine. So the first
2: two are great. Okay. <laughs>
0: so cherries cherries are pigs. great
2: for you. Yes. Um, cherries are great for your teeth, for cavities, for helping you sleep at night. Um, really healthy for you. And um, olives, again, really great. Although you do want to stay away from vinegar. So some people process the olives with vinegar. I prefer not. like You can find them with just like a salt brine or whatever, too.
0: Cool. And chocolate, you want to have a and commentary chocolate. on chocolate.
1: Okay, one last commentary on chocolate, and then we'll wrap it up mm-hmm. and give specific information to where Tim Darmetko can be found, how people can reach him, where his website is, all of that information. Chocolate, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, um, yeah, chocolate's not really recommended. Ah! yeah um i become not people's favorite when they hear that um if you again i like to decide that if people are going to use it there are better sources so um i recommend darker chocolate um more the imported varieties from like Belgium and Germany and Switzerland um, although there are some good companies coming up in the U.S. recently and I like the heirloom chocolates the best like from Venezuela and in the you know where chocolate was originally found but it is um, again there's some short-term benefits to chocolate that um, are to me not worth the long-term Detriments. So, like
0: endorphins.
2: Yes. And, um, you know, there's usually a good amount of sugar, and in like a lot of the chocolates today, it's not even, like the wines, it's not even real chocolate. So you got to really read the ingredients on everything nowadays. So
0: we need a high proportion of cacao.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I went to the Hershey's chocolate factory in Pennsylvania years and years and years ago. And my brother and I were so excited. We were very much into chocolate back then. And when we went on the tour, we're, you know, they have this big, huge pool of chocolate. And they were telling us all about it. And then I see all these bugs flying into it. And they were like, does anyone have any questions? And I raised my hand and was like, yeah, there, there's bugs going into my chocolate here. I, mean, I wanted to do that too, but... You know, I was like, I I don't know about the bugs. And he's like, oh, well, the government allows so many bug parts per candy bar, and it actually adds protein. And they started talking about how all over parts of the world, how they eat bugs and stuff. Chocolate-covered
0: grasshoppers. Yes.
2: So it was a big eye-opening experience when I was probably about 9 or 10 years old that, hey, there's bugs in most of these chocolate bars and stuff. And I had first eyewitness of it you
0: know <laughs> well, this, you've helped us with a nutritional horror show yes. yes and we will have you back so that we can maybe talk about what some healthful breakfasts would be if you're detoxing from eggs and actually that's a really kind one and more dinners, question lunches and dinners and <laughs> snacks what would the help be okay you can ask one more question one more question it's like what's your favorite breakfast
2: my breakfast usually includes, like, um, a huge smoothie or a whole bunch of fruit, because I also practice trophology, which is the science of food combining and how the chemistry of that interacts with your body. So fruit should be eaten alone or not at all. It shouldn't be mixed with anything, because it can ferment in your body like alcohol and um, if it doesn't get to go through. So if you eat a piece of bread and then fruit, the bread takes much longer for the to, to digest than the fruit does. So you're causing a, Stress. yeah, to your body. So my, my morning smoothie would usually be like mango juice mixed with some fresh berries, some burro bananas. And then I like to add some frozen soursop fruit, which is an amazing fruit that people should check out.
0: And, and do you chew your smoothie yes. so the enzymes get mm-hmm. activated?
2: Yeah, I use a Vitamix, which uh, is a blender that doesn't kill the enzymes and from the heat of friction. And then just like wine, you should chew your water and your smoothies and anything so that you're... You can um, sublingually digest the enzymes and the minerals, and the first part of digestion starts right there in your mouth. So a lot of people bypass that and then wonder why they have indigestion.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Tim.
1: I know Dr. Tim is right. Absolutely. We are so delighted that you're here. Okay, where can people reach you, Mr. Tim Darmetko with Chi Massage?
2: So, the business name is Chi Massage Tucson. Can
1: you spell that for us?
2: C H I M A S S A G E T U C S O N. And the website is Chi com. The phone number is 520-342-7680.
1: And uh, website, one more time?
2: Uh, CHI, that's ChiMassageTucson.com.
1: Excellent. Perfect. I'm sure there'll be many questions. And we'll post the recipe for the smoothie on our Facebook page and share it with everyone.
2: And the phone number is 520-342-7680.
0: And our listeners from all over the world can write to us on Facebook. Perhaps they can reach you by um, email, Dr. Tim?
2: Yes, uh, Q-I-M-A-S-S-A-G-E. At aol.com.
0: Good, and we and we'll add that in our show notes.
1: We will. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a very delicious morning. <laughs> very <laughs> Thanks en- for having. Very me. enlightening.
0: Very enlightening. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Thank you. For more information, visit our website, BoomGoddessRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.